Hello. Welcome. This is Belonging Before Believing, where my only privilege is not that I'm white. I'm Patrick Mathers, pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. And I'm a confused white man. Your only privilege... (laughs) No, it's not my only privilege. It's not your only privilege. Got it. Did I say it wrong? I don't know. The further away we get from it, the, the, the more confused I am on what you actually said. My only privilege is that I'm not white. Being no, white is not, not my only being privilege. Being white is not my only privilege. I don't know what you actually said. I don't either, but you know what? It, it's beautiful that we're outside. Hey, who are you? I'm Brian Gumpy, elder, Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. Thanks, dum dum. Dum dum. Hey. No, you know what? You know what my other privilege is? What's that? I'm your friend. Aww. I get to hang out with you when others wish they had. What a sweetheart. <laughs> hey, we're on uh, Instagram Live right now. Sweet. Because I wanted people to see our sweet setup. Hey. Oh, that's just dark out there. Can you see that? I can see that. This is whiskey. I'm going to drink a little nip right now. Hold on. Live. <sighs> I could hear it go down your gullet. I could feel it go down my gullet Mm. it's smooth anyways we're outside tonight i think maybe if i said it wrong in the beginning that's why i'm distracted but yeah i'm privileged because i'm your buddy and i don't feel bad that i get to hang out with you more than everybody else well you got a wife and a kid but (laughs) i get to hang out with you an awful lot and she's watching on instagram live is she zoe's like jumping around your kitchen that's all right Dude, this is perfect. This is I, a lot better than my bedroom. Well, it's a lot, lot less creepy. <laughs> it's not creepy in there. It sounds creepy no, to the listener. No, it's creepy that two dudes are hanging out in your bedroom talking to microphones on the intranets. That's creepy. There's no two ways about it. That's creepy. Yeah. Rachel says you can have me, by the way. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which side of the bed do I get? Cool for you. <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I'm into that at all. <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm loving it. Hey, listener. We're so glad that you listen. You know what? To be perfectly honest, we haven't recorded in like two weeks. A few, it's uh, for sure two weeks. Yeah. It seems like more because, man, we haven't done it in a little while just because we've been so busy. Yeah, but we got real lives. Listener, we, we love you. We are so appreciative that you guys are listening to this Corky, quirky, kooky little show that we're doing. It's it's just fun. We're having fun and we're throwing topics out there that people want to hear. Like tonight, I know a bunch of people want to are waiting to hear this one. But we appreciate you and we want you to know that. And right up front, it's we've missed it and we've missed you. So um, let us know if you've uh, missed us too. Jason and is checking in from Georgia. Cool, cool. I Say like hi that. Hi, Jason. Hey, dude. What's up, Jason? <laughs> this is fun. We're gonna, we need to do a live episode. What we? Yeah. Well, we are going to when we do cornhole night next weekend. Are we really? Yeah. Oh, we talked about this. I did. I it maybe being I spoiled it. No, we 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 were gonna. Oh, all right. Well, we thought it was tonight. Off. Jimmy says he always misses us dudes. Hi, Jimmy. <laughs> I miss you. And Jimmy is my sort of doppelganger. Yeah. Except by doppelganger, we look exactly the same, not completely different. <laughs> Doppelganger's the opposite. Are you sure? Yeah. Did you ever see Twin Peaks? No. 
So at the end of Twin Peaks, the old one, not the new one that came out. I haven't seen the new one. The doppelgangers were this tall giant and the wee little midget dude. And they were one and the same. They said they had to do all of their lines in that entire episode backwards so that when they played it, it sounded super weird. But they like said their lines backwards. It was David Lynch has a mind. I'm not sure if it's a brilliant one or a psychotic one. Maybe a little both. Maybe that's it. Hmm. Dude, this is getting away from us. Yeah. Let's get to the topic. Guys, I'm going to put the phone down. One, because I'm distracted. And two, because my arm's tired. I don't have a stand for my phone. Dude, you're the muscle man, too. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy's going to come to Cornhole Night next week. Okay. Sweet. Be more excited. What's I know. The I, with you? Woohoo! There you're you right. Go. You're right. I'm sorry. I, right. I, yeah, yeah that, was, that was poor form of me. All right. Say bye to Instagram Live. Bye, dude. Are you done now? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to everybody listening. Right that now. is like, it, it, to me, it feels like one, the, a pretty cool thing, and two, the most self aggrandizing thing at the same time. I would never do it on my personal account. But to do it on the podcast account while we're doing episode, I think was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not wrong. That's cool. And are they going to be able to go back and listen? Like if somebody, like if Justin, who is like 50 episodes behind, when you finally catch up, Justin, can he go to Instagram and see it? Um, Only if he catches up within the next 24 hours. Oh, then it'll be gone? Yeah. Too bad, dude. So anyway. (laughs) He's going to be pumped because he's going to hear that we did this and then he's not going to be able to see it. Now that we've come out of my bedroom to record this episode, I think it's time we get to the topic. October 11th was coming out day. We should have done this episode then. Yeah, it was pretty close. It was pretty close. Today's what, the 15th, 14th? 14th? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so we're going to do something just a slightly bit different. Is Brian's going to play the... um, the questioner, and he is my imaginary interlocutor. Locutor? I'm not sure if that's the right word, but it's the guy who you debate with, who you argue with back and forth. Interlocutor. Inter- I think that's the right word. Probably not, and I probably just made up a word. But <laughs> my silence is because I have nothing to contribute. <laughs> so Brian's going to uh, play a part here, and... We're going to go back and forth. So I hope this is helpful. We thought a lot about how the best way to do an episode like this with tact, with dignity, and trying to be as clear as we can be is to do it like this. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to actually like be able to get into character so much um, as much as like I can be the advocate. You're for, just contributing. For the person who's not here. Yeah. Which is what I try to do anyway on right. normal episodes. Right. But this but, one even more so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not always self-conscious, but to tonight, just listener, know that it's it's deliberate. So mm-hmm. if I, I am 100% sure we are not going to answer everything that anybody has on the homosexual question, that we're not even like trying to do that. Know that we're going to come back to this and we've got a book that we're going to review and, and go through about this issue. And we're going to, we'll end up coming back to it before, but this is our first um, take at it. So please... Um, Listener, hear it like that. Understand that it's our first take going through this on the podcast, and uh, maybe it'll spark some questions. Yeah. So I, we actually had this question asked a couple different ways, 
And this is what I thought would be the most helpful and beneficial to the people who we have listening to this yeah. podcast. Um, and the questioner asks, I'm gay. Now what do I do? Right. Right. And there's a second part to it as well about the New Testament. That was uh, a different questioner. What was on the... Yeah. Anyways, I wrote them down together. Got it. Just so that I would have that in my frame of mind too. So, okay. Brian, you're gay. <laughs> What do you, what do we do? Okay, I'll joke in aside. Um, what? So my first thing, if I okay, we're sitting down, you and me. Let's act like we're just having a drink and we're talking about this, and you just drop that on me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So my my first thing is okay. What? Well, why are you coming to me and telling me that as opposed to something else that you struggle with in terms of your sin in life? Gosh, way to warm me up to it. Um, <clears throat> so why would I bring that to you instead of any other struggle that yeah, I have? Right. Uh, so, golly, I don't even know where to start. Um, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to point out that we don't do this with anything else. Totally. And and to say that you know you, you're coming you're coming to me and you're coming out or you're, you're letting me know this, uh, what I want to do is say, okay, well, why are we making such a massive distinction between this issue and any other? And I'm, let me just call it, it, it is a sin, and I'm not going to equivocate on that. It's a sin. So why would we say, well, hey, I'm, why aren't you sitting me down and saying, I'm a, I'm, I'm a klepto or I'm, you know, struggling with something else or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think if I'm coming to you with that, I think you have to assume that there's some level of this is the way I am. Is that okay? Can I continue in some capacity in the manner that I have been this far? Is it okay for me to feel a certain way and not act on it? Is it okay for me to, um, you know, feel attraction um, and maybe act on it in a way that isn't sexual. It's more Mm -hmm. relational, Mm -hmm. you know, on down the line. I think that somebody coming to you with that type of question is going to be looking for it. It almost feels like that kid who's in like junior high and high school and asks their youth pastor, like what's okay and what's not. Can I hold my girlfriend's hand? Can right. I kiss her? How much can I kiss her? Like, mm-hmm. it almost feels like that type of question. Right. If they're coming to me. Right. 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 I get that. So there is a sense where the, that there is a desire for permission. I get that. And there is a sense where there's a desire for some, for acceptance. And I, it could be a complete and total acceptance of everything and the whole situation, or it could be just a, an acceptance of, okay, well, th- this is something that, you know, I'm not going to, you know, kick you out or, or break fellowship over or something like that. Or it could be just like, okay, well, where do I stand now? I'm not, I'm not entirely certain. So those are questions that I would definitely ask and would, would want to um, base the rest of the conversation on. Let's assume, like you said, that it's acceptance. It's, mm-hmm. it's a desire for acceptance. So what I would... Um, well, I think say, we, it's wise to uh, talk about too. Like, is this 
is this somebody who is a believer? Like, am I coming to you because, you know, you're somebody who I'm close with? Are you my pastor? Like, yeah, well, let's say, well, let's say it's both or either or somebody I'm close to or pastor. I think they'd come the same way. So one of the things which, you know, we don't regularly do, I assume, I think there's a misunderstanding uh, out there that is Bible-believing Christians that we, like, sit around and talk about the sinfulness of homosexuality, like, all the time. Like, every 10 days, we, <laughs> we got a buzzer on our phones that says, okay, time to talk about how much we hate them, you know, kind of thing. Oh, and so that's not the case. So let me... And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I've only preached on this once because we came to it when we were going through the Gospels when Jesus talked about marriage mm-hmm. and we talked about the gay marriage issue at that time. Mm-hmm. But we don't talk about this very often. It's not a preoccupation of ours. And it seems to me that it is a preoccupation for the people who, who are homosexuals. And so I think there's an element that they think that we're talking about all the time. And maybe that's because they were in churches that were like that, that legitimately did talk about it all the time. So let me define what we mean here. We mean that any sexual act that is committed between same-sex partners, whether it's female or male, is homosexual, and that is defined as sin, in Scripture, in several different places. It's not just an Old Testament thing. It, it, it is a New Testament thing. Um, some people will say, well, Jesus never addressed it. Well, he certainly never used that word, but he certainly did address that marriage is only between a man and a woman and that any other sexual union at all is not permissible. So G- Jesus certainly, um, by extension of his arguments, certainly did address this issue. So I want to say that right up front. The reason why the Bible calls it a sin is because God intended male and female from the very beginning. He created male and female, and they were created in the image of God. The best way that the image of God is represented in human beings is in the marriage relationship. Male, female, fulfilling their roles together is the way that we come together and are the uh, the best representation of his image. I'll just repeat that again. <clears throat> we know this from Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul says he gives the husband role, he gives the wife role, and then he says, and this is a great mystery, but it really is a parable or an illustration of Christ and his love for the church. So if that's true, that the male and female marriage relationship is the greatest single picture of Christ and his church, then we have a foundation for why God says that whether it's monogamous or whether it's multiple partners or whether whatever it is, that a homosexual relationship is sin. Okay, so, so that's why we're, the Bible calls it sin. That's why we're saying it's sin. It isn't like God's some kind of killjoy and that kind of thing. Now, the next question that you brought up was, well, God made me, or I'm like this, or I'm just like this, or this is the I way was I born, am. I, am, yeah. I am this way, okay? So we have to wrestle with that. We have to say, well, if God created people and he created their image and male and female is the best representation of that, how do we account for people who are legitimately homosexual, who are attracted to the other sex? And I think what we have to do is we have to say, well, this is a result of the fall, that what has happened at the fall is that all kinds of propensities and proclivities 
toward, I'm not trying to alliterate there, but it, um, toward um, actions that don't glorify God that we would define as sin, the Bible would define as sin, are a result of the fall. So when humankind fell into sin, um, all kinds of evil desires arose within people. We immediately see murder, right? I mean, it's the next chapter is Cain kills his brother Abel out of jealousy and out of spite for God preferring Abel over Cain. And then it isn't a, too many chapters where we do see um, homosexuality being practiced. There's some dispute if, it, if it's there in the language at the beginning of chapter 6 with Noah or at the end of chapter 9 with Noah and one of his sons looking on him with lust. There's, there's some debate about that. But for sure, we come to this issue when we get to the life of Abraham and we see the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and those cities being you know, they, they, well, let's just call it what it is. They wanted to rape the angels that came to see if the sin was really that bad. And so Lot was going to throw his daughters out there so that they could satisfy themselves rather than the angels. And of course, the angels made them blind and took Lot and his family out of the, out of the city before it was um, annihilated. So it, it isn't very long till we see those sins. We see uh, almost all of the sins in the book of Genesis, Right. We see, you know, everything from stem to stern in terms, of, in terms of those actions that are opposed to God. And it shouldn't surprise us. And so when we come to this particular issue, what I want the listener to hear is that, number one, I'm not saying that this is a worse sin than other sins, as if this is the uber sin. I wouldn't even say murder is the uber sin. I, I think that... Sin is a lack of following God's law. It's a desire that is wanting to do something other than God has called us to do. And a fulfilling of that desire, of a living it out, of a acting on those impulses. We all have those sinful impulses, and we certainly can debate the validity of sin being in the impulse or not. I'm, I don't think that's necessarily true because Jesus was tempted in all points as we are and yet without sin. And I'd include the sin of sins of homosexuality in there too. I think that Jesus at some point had to be tempted with it, but he was without sin, you know, because I, I know, I mean, the book of First Corinthians says here that, you know, through unrighteousness, you will not inherit the kingdom. Don't be deceived, neither sexual immoral, idolaters, adulterers, men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. So Christ endured the sin of temptation, or the, temp, pardon me, the temptation of homosexuality because he redeemed homosexuals. It says so right here. And this is early on in the church here in 1 Corinthians. That means he bore the wrath of God for that sin and he endured the temptation so that when people who are homosexual and have come to faith in Christ, they can go to him and ask for mercy and help and grace in that time of need. Okay, perfect. So what on earth does that look like? <clears throat> so we just established that it's that in Scripture we see it being sin. So, but what do I do? Yeah. Well, first of all, the first thing that we do with any sin is repent. And I know that sounds pedestrian, but 
but we have to start there because you, you don't immediately want to start with behavior modification because then you're acting out in works rather than by faith, right? So what we want to do is we want to live by faith. The just, we're justified by faith. We want to live by faith. The, pre, the person of faith is the person that's pleasing to God. So bottom line is repentance is the first thing that we do. And all that means is I'm acknowledging my sin. I'm acknowledging the rightness of God in him declaring this as a sin. I'm acknowledging the wrongness of me and behaving in this certain way. And I desire to move away from that. Now that doesn't mean a one and done, right? I mean, I've, I've told the story before, I think, maybe I haven't, that when I first became a Christian, I believe repentance was a one-time action. You did it once, and then you never came back and did it again. Well, that's just not consistent with the New Testament and, and the Christian life. It's something that we do over and over and over again. We're repeatedly coming to the Lord and confessing our sin, confessing our unrighteousness, and we're repenting. This sin is no different. So the first thing we need to do is repent and be ready and willing to do it. The second thing that we need to do is we need to remove ourselves or, you know, the person does, and I would say me for other kinds of sins, but you need to remove yourself from whatever situations that you have or found yourself in that cause you to go down that road of sin. That means you might need to quit going to certain clubs. It means that you might need to cut off certain relationships that you have. It might mean that for a time. I, I would hope it wouldn't be forever, but I think it, you would have to do that for a time. It's kind of like a, an AA thing. You take one day at a time. You know, you, if, you, know you, you just can't be around alcohol, then you don't go to bars. You know, you, you don't go where you know it's going to be readily available to you, a person's house or parties or that kind of thing. This would be the same thing. Is you, you'd want to surround yourself with people who know you, who love you, can support you, and can help you when you do have those lusts that aren't going to go away. When you do have those affections and those feelings, they aren't going to go away. They might minimize over time, but I do believe that part of our fallen nature is that we do have these particular bents and particular proclivities towards certain sins. I can tell you perfectly honestly, there are some smells. Like I, I used to do meth, you know, for years I did it. And there's a certain chemical smell that when I smell it, there's a part of me that all of a sudden turns on. And, and I have to, you know, I'm never around it, <laughs> thank God. Um, but there are certain things and that'll immediately come back. There are triggers and I need to be aware of them. I need to be wise. And when those things do come up, I need to just make sure I'm in a place where I'm not putting myself in a position to fall. And I'd say the same thing's true with this. And the third thing that, that I'd want to say is that, there, that, that you want to surround your people, you want to surround yourself with people of grace because you're going to still struggle with this, whether it's going to be with gay porn or whether it's going to be with an, another person that you've been around with, that you meet up with or something, or, or just thoughts that you've had, you're going to still struggle with it. And you want to surround yourself with people who know your struggle, who are sympathetic with your struggle, who don't, you know, just think you're the worst person, but just understand you're just like everybody else. And this is something that we can deal with and then help you walk through, um, walk through it with you and, and be there with you, not um, necessarily in terms of a, 
a harsh condemning attitude, which some people would call judgmental, um, but in a way that I understand and I think, well, look, there go I, but by the grace of God. And so I'm, I'm here to walk with you. I want to bear this burden with you. So what can I do to put you in the best position possible to succeed? And any, <clears throat> any Christian who can't immediately identify with that, with all of the instructions that you basically just gave, is naive and is yeah. not being honest with themselves. We all need the same thing. Yeah. We all need the same thing. We've And if you haven't been through that already, like I said, you're naive and you don't know yourself as well as you should. You're probably a very new, young Christian. If or you, a harsh, legalistic one. Right. That, that is still naive. Totally. It just manifests in a different way. Yeah. Um, we we all need all, what was it, four of those things. I, three or four, I don't remember what I said, but yeah. No, we, we all need those things knows. in different <laughs> applications. Yeah. Um, you know, our struggles, they may not be the exact same, you know, from one person to another, but we we all need to take that advice. We all need to take those practices and put them into practice um, in some area of our lives if we haven't already. And we're going to continue um, over and over and over again. And to not show grace to somebody like that, uh, you, like you, you haven't mastered you, whatever your greatest temptation is, whatever that proclivity or that bent that you talked about is, you have not mastered that yet. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. You do too. Right. And God didn't, God let him continue in sin <laughs> so that he'd remain humble. And if you think that you've even come close, then naive is the right word. Stupid is maybe another word. Um, and if you think that your sin, that God looks at your sin differently than the sins of your I mean, homosexual brother or sister, then you are revisionistic right. in the way that you view Scripture. Right. One thing that I want to point out is that we, we want to, uh, we, we really want to be careful I, th- I think that the reason why this is maybe such a huge hot button issue is because self-identification yep. is so important yep. to our culture today. And if your self-identification is is all completely wrapped up in your sin, um, then uh, unfortunately, what, one of the ho- biggest hurdles that's going to have to be overcome by that person is to find their identity in Christ. And uh, I think that this is a area where this one sin is slightly different than other ones. Is there such a self-identification that's almost mandatory in culture here today that you have to completely convert your identity from here's who you are to here's who you are. Or you we know? are. Whereas, you know, when I was into drugs, I just, I, I accepted Christ and drugs went away. I didn't have to completely recombobulate my identity. Now God com- recombobulated my identity as I went along, but right from the get-go, the person who's homosexual, because of the pressure cultures put upon them, has to r- revise their complete identity. And so union with Christ and your identity with Christ, honestly, if you were to come to me and ask me that question, is one of the first things that we talk about. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And we would just want to look at him and find our union with him. And I really believe that that's going to be the most helpful and the, the 
what's going to bring you the ability to glorify God the best in your life. Perfect. That's a great segue to where I want to go next. And in case you're sitting there listening, wondering like, why hasn't Brian like gotten into character? Why is he not? I know. I just, I, it's, it's fine. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, well, I'd been thinking about this most of the week, you know, knowing that we were doing this episode. So you got I, on a roll. Well, I didn't write anything down, but I'd been, I'd been chewing on it. You yeah. Know? So, uh, so this is, up to this point, we've been talking about somebody who is a believer and uh, is dealing with same-sex attraction. Um, so if somebody comes up to you, which, uh, by, by the way, I think <laughs> we probably grossly underestimate how many people deal with that. I think there are so few safe places for somebody to even admit to something like that, that they are probably more in our midst than we have been willing to allow ourselves to understand um, up to this point because it seems like a rare thing. I just don't know if it really is that rare. Well, what I would point, in the church, I'm saying. No, no, no. I get that. And what I would point out is that you're giving us the lack of the benefit of the doubt that you're assuming we're giving you. You're doing the very thing you're accusing us of by not coming to us. Right, right, right. And, and that, I don't say that to condemn and point the finger back, but I want to point out the inconsistency so that we can move forward. Well, if you're not so in that a I gracious church. A, well, yeah, if you're not in a gracious church, I, I get that. But, but I want to say that I would be surprised, just like you said, if there's, that many, there's more people in our midst than we know, I think there's probably more people who are willing to show grace and walk you mm-hmm. through it than they're willing to admit as well. Mm-hmm. I really think so. But but let's say somebody does come to me who isn't a Christian at all. And this they is where I was going next. And, you know, it, it, it would honestly depend how I'd respond if they were chippy or not. If they were chippy and just trying to, you know, give me a rise or whatever, I, I know exactly what I'd say. I'd go, awesome, dude. Good for you. And that's it. I wouldn't go any further than that because I'm not interested in bashing. I'm not interested in them bashing me or me bashing them. I'm not interested in, you know, a heated argument over this particular issue. I have so many things to do that if someone isn't serious about just coming and talking to me, then, you know, I, I don't have a lot of time for that. And that's not being a jerk. Right. It, it's, it's, acknowledge, it's realizing what I have in front of me and realizing I have better uses of my time. Now, having now, said that. You're going to have a much different conversation when somebody comes to you with this as an unbeliever mm-hmm. than you would with somebody who is claiming oh, for to sure. be a believer. Well, you heard what I said for a believer. So right. everything that I said already, I would still say to the unbeliever. But one of the things that I would do, first of all, is I'd want to point out that, you know, they come to me saying, hey, I'm gay. And, and they're like legitimately asking, what, what about me? You know, is there a place for me in the church? And I would say a lot of those similar things. But the first thing that I would still want to do is I would want to try to press that self-identification as gay. And I'd say, that's certainly a part of your life, but that isn't your life. You know, it's like you, you, you identify, well, this is a crude analogy. So forgive me, listener, I get it. If I'll probably come up with a better one throughout the week. But it, what immediately came to my head is the person who... Um, self-identifies with their IQ is, uh, okay, you, you scored well on a test. And yes, you know certain things, but that's not you. 
that's a aspect of who you are. But there are people who do that. You know, there's whole clubs that you can join just based upon your IQ score. And, and I think that that is just as much as a misidentification of self as homosexuality is. So what I would want to do is I would want to say, okay, but you're more than that. And the, where I want to go is I, wanna, I want you to see the image of God that's still within you. I want you to see that you still bear that image, that it is not destroyed, that you are not, you know, if you're, if this is a bad phrase, but if you are damaged goods, you're not broken goods. You're not <laughs> destroyed. You're not annihilated goods. Uh, you know, when I came to blasted the Lord, blasted gourds. <laughs> when I came to the Lord, I would say I was certainly damaged goods. I think anybody who knows me still knows that I have a lot of rough edges. That We're need to be all still out. damaged goods. We're, we are. And so what, That's what why I would, we're still here. Right. But what I'd want to do is I'd want to say your identity is not just that. That is a aspect of who you are. Here's who you are. And then I want to talk about the image of God within them. I want to talk about how they know that, how they know God's law, how that they know that there's a God, how that they, how that they can be forgiven and, I, and how they can. Yes, there is a place for the, in, for you in the church. And I'd want to keep coming back and I'd keep wanting to banging that drum, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, is, y- yeah, it, it, you're not excluded from the kingdom. Um, just like any more than the murderers or the uh, sexually immoral or the idolaters that, you know, Paul talked about here in this passage, thieves or and whatever else he said there. Um, not me, any more than any of those people. To me, it's like when somebody who is not a believer is running their mouth and then they apologize to me for their profanity. And it's like not even a thought that crossed my mind. And I was like, why, why, why would you not use profanity? Like, why right. would you behave in any other way? Like, this is exactly how I expect you to behave. Like I, I have completely different expectations for the believer than I do for the person who doesn't know Jesus at all. And so at that point, it's not even about what your behavior is. It's not about what you do. It's about what you believe at that point um until you are born again i mean why are we even talking about like you called it like specific sins beha- or specific sins or right. behavior Your modification, modification yeah. or whatever else yeah. like like i'm 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 going to talk to you about jesus a lot right i'm not going to talk to you about like how you spend your day right like, like what's what's or the your point? nights or your i don't care i mean okay so it doesn't I, matter so i get you to see that like oh this like if it was any other sin i get you to see oh it's not practical for you to live this way oh it's not nice for you to live this way there's no power in that right there's no power for you to change in me persuading you i'm not going to logic you into righteousness right it's never going to happen and you for sure won't emote anybody into it because nope. they're it's the, the same emo- thing the emo- the emotional high ground right now in our culture is on the other side mm-hmm. and that's fine I, I i don't care i'm not trying to make an emotional argument i'm, I'm trying to simply talk here here's who you are i'm not willing to identify you with one specific sin and i don't want you to feel comfortable doing that for yourself either. And I want you to see the image of God within you. And I want you to hear about Jesus. You're right. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's, that, that's the bottom line in this discussion. And this isn't something that I talk about flippantly. This isn't something that, you know, is hypothetical for me or theoretical. This is not something that doesn't come with, you know, thought and, um, you know, 
lots of prayer and consideration and everything else, I have like, like more than I realized people in my life who I care deeply about so much. They could call me at two in the morning and I would be there in a heartbeat. I would do just about anything for them. People who I, you know, work alongside with, who I'm friends with, who, like I said, I love, I love, I love them. I want all of the best things for them. And this is something that they deal with. And so it's not a hypothetical person. Like I have faces and names on my mind. And I do too. And and I love them. I love them. If I want you to take anything away from this episode, it's that Pat and I could easily be those gracious people that he wants you to surround yourself with when he used point number four. Yeah. We are those people. (laughs) Not to speak too highly of ourselves, but we are not those people who are going to get uh, caught up in a browbeating session or who are going to... Or shocked. Or, yeah, exactly. Or be shocked or gasp at anything else. I mean, the reality is, Pat and I could swap stories with you. We're terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible yeah. people. Yeah. And those are the type of people that you want ministering to you. It is, it right? It really is. It is. I, 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 I don't think that I have moral high ground on my own... Uh, action. I don't have yeah. moral high ground because of anything that I'm able to pull off on my own. Jesus has moral high ground. Jesus has all the righteousness, all the merit that I can possibly offer you. It's not anything that I, Brian Gumpy, am able to like understand or do or put in practice or anything like that. I, I just rest in Jesus. A I, I, I great illustration about this is that it's a hospital. We are not the doctors. We're guys who have been in the hospital a little bit longer, know who the nicer nurses are, know where to get the best snacks on which floor, know that if you say, hey, this is an issue with you, we can say, oh, ask them for this medicine. Yep. You know, that, that's, all, that's what we are. We're just guys who have been in the hospital a little bit longer. We're Forrest Gump. You're We're- Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, ice cream. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all in there. We're, we all need help. We all have different ails and issues that we have, but we're all in there together, and we're all looking to our great physician, the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You got a question of the day? I do. Hold on. Let me pull it up here. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. What do you think the oldest sport still being played is? What do you think the oldest sport still being played is? Oldest sport. We could say game. Sport, game. Oh, it'd be like some kind of board game. If we're you watch, know that little one with the beads where lost, you go all the way? It's oh, backgammon. no, it's backgammon, yeah. <laughs> um. As far as like a sport, Sean Locke is my favorite on that show. Right? Yeah. Fencing, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Just thinking of that because of the gift you sent me about fencing the table for community. No, really. (laughs) Like I'm trying to think of something that primitive people would be doing. Wrestling. Oh, that is a sport. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of like WWE guys. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm coming for you, Joseph. Yeah, right. We're talking those days. It's like, (laughs) 
<laughs> nah, Jacob wrestled with that angel. He had to learn it somewhere. Right. Right? Yeah, Fencing, right. wrestling, boxing, probably back there too, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the, all the aggression sports. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Get it out. Competitive, boring. Competitive eating. <laughs> Archery. Javelin throw, those kind of things. I think uh, wrestling predates archery. Olympic sports. (laughs) Marathon. (laughs) We have a date for that. Don't ask me what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So ask that question again. What What do you think the oldest sport still being played is? And don't worry, guys. I Like I said, Pat and I have real lives, and we've been very busy and had all kinds of craziness happen in the last couple of weeks. But I will start putting Instagram and Facebook posts up where you can actually comment responses to the question of the day. Oh, Twitter too. I see you, Jason. Anyway. Word. <laughs> yeah. So, gay or straight, we love you, and we believe that you belong. <laughs>